the Bitterfly Podcast. Knowledge is food, bitches. Eat up. Okay, before we begin, this is in no way, shape, or form an advertisement at all because I don't do that, but something that's been bringing me a disgusting amount of joy lately is this Instagram account called (laughs) Siblings or Dating. And if you haven't seen it, you need to check it out like right now because it is actually disgusting how many of these couples I think are dating when they're siblings or I think they're siblings when they're dating. And like, why is it that the human spirit is like obsessed with themselves? This is fucking clowny, you guys. Every single day, there's like a new poll and I just... Every single day, I think we get farther from God. So laugh, love, be fucking merry. Check it out. And uh, here's the episode for this week. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Bitterfly Podcast. Today, we're talking about mental health. Something near and dear to my heart because I've always struggled with depression. And I know a lot of us during COVID have had flare ups. Of all kinds of mental illnesses, anxiety, depression, mania, like times are times are uncertain right now. Today we're talking to Yvette. Yes. Hi. Hi, how Yvette. Are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine. <laughs> yeah. So today I'm super grateful that you're on because you're gonna share with us some personal struggles that you've had, right, in the mental health department. Yes, I am. And um, yeah, we're we're ready to listen. So I'm not going to say what exactly we're talking about. I think like we'll just let you lead the story here. So do you want to just start with like some personal situations, you know, that arose in your life where you were like, wait, I am not feeling good. I'm going to just get right into it. Okay. It started when I was like 17 okay. and I always just felt different. Um I always had some ups and downs in my behavior. I always just felt like different from everybody. Um, My behavior was, I just felt depressed all the time, but at the same time, I felt very up in my behavior, my, in my attitude. And I just wanted to just get rid of it. And my parents tried to put me with a psychiatrist. And at that time, as a teenager, you don't want to talk to a psychiatrist. No. You, don't want to, you don't want to open up to a psychiatrist because you don't want to sound crazy. And so I did not want to open up to a psychiatrist at that time. I did not want to tell them exactly how I felt. All I wanted to do was um, have sex. Um, <laughs> that's how I felt. And so I had a, I had a guy friend who was going to join the military and he introduced me to to that world. <laughs> and so we we slept around and we decided to have this contest um, of who could sleep with the most people before he joined the military. <laughs> and so by the time he joined the military, I had already been with like 13 people. So I beat his contest uh, and I was just like using people for sex. And that was like my my up period. And so I just was going through this euphoric great it just uh, on top of the world time period did you feel invincible invincible yes I just felt like on top of the world I was just like using these guys for my my own craving (laughs) I was like a predator and they were the prey and it was it was it was great it was just just amazing (laughs) 
So when I turned 18, I could get into clubs. And at that time, I can go into clubs. You're drinking so, and you're partying. And drinking. So I started drinking and partying. And I could almost nightly just find my prey. <laughs> that serotonin, dopamine rush just, hit. Just that rush just hit. And yeah. so I was able to party, party, party. But at the same time, I'm just doing like great at school. I'm still able to keep up with my lifestyle as a student. And I'm an overachiever. I'm just just doing so much at once, so much at once. Doing men. Things sound great at this point. You're like just high functioning. Um, like... High, 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 high. Just yeah. doing so great. And then I hit a crash. And then I'm depressed. And I don't want to do anything with anybody. I just want to commit suicide. I just want to fall. I just want to do nothing with my life. I just want to just disappear. Yeah. Like hopelessness takes over. So I just tell my parents, I want a vacation. I want to disappear. I don't want to do anything with my life. I I try to open up to them, you know, and tell them that I don't want to do anything with my life. And of course I end up in a mental hospital and I end up in this place called Nick's Behavior Center. I realized at that point, like, I'm not as crazy as those people in the hospital. Wow. Leading up to the mental hospital, how old are you? And, and like, why do your parents think that this will help? So by the time I was in the mental hospital, I was 18. At that time, they would put you in the adult, adult place, but they put me with like the teenagers they, they take away everything from you when you're in a mental hospital. When I was euphoric, I would go out and just get piercings. I wanted to get um, pierced everywhere. I got my nipples pierced. I got my belly button pierced. I got my tongue pierced. I got my eyebrows pierced. I like <laughs> was just like pierced galore. Um, when I turned 18, I decided I wanted to get tattoos everywhere. I would just get, uh, I got my back tattooed, um, back, my back tattooed up, um, my arms tattooed. I just wanted to get everything, you know? Yeah. No second thought. I just would, I want this. I want that. I want this, you know? Um, they took away everything from me. And they um, they removed a certain clothing that I had. They removed my shoelaces. They removed everything from me. And I was there for two days. Because after the second day, after they like medicated me so much because my eyes were dilated, they followed me around like I was um, some crazy person. Like, well, literally, you're technically considered a crazy person when you're in a mental hospital, but they follow you around. They take your autonomy away. Yeah, they take everything away from you. And I'm like, why am I doing these simple puzzles while I'm in here? What, what, what am I doing in this mental hospital? Did you have like, like therapy sessions as well? Yes. Like every, every like two hours was a therapy session. And then I had therapy sessions with the kids that were in there. One of the girls that was in there had just had a stomach pumped of pills and just it ended up in there, you know, one of the boys like tried to kill some kids in his classroom, like total mental cases in there. And I'm like, all I wanted was a vacation. I just was feeling down and depressed. Yeah. And I just was not feeling myself. Like, why did I end up in here? Why did my parents put me in here? It was like know? a weird punishment. Yes. Like, so I, my parents visit me two days later and I'm like, I don't want to be in here. I don't, I don't think I should be in here. Why did you put me in here? You know, they take me out. And um, yeah, prior to that, I swallowed like a bottle of pills <laughs> because I just was not feeling myself. Part of not wanting to be here, trying to get away. I just 
didn't feel I should be in there. (laughs) So when you were in like your manic periods and like things were great and you know you're doing well in school did that bother your parents or was it just when you had your downs and you know you were you started my downs started expressing like hopelessness that they were like she needs help it was just my downs that they noticed it It was just my downs like when during my up periods it's like they never really noticed anything they were like oh she's happy she's doing great she's doing great in school she has good grades it's just my down periods that they were worried about it was just like a, a quote to them a fake I'm going through. So they just like never really noticed anything. So of course I get out of my phase and uh, I'm back to my normal self, my manic phase by my so-called, I'm back to the clubs. I'm back to, I get to a club. I meet a guy and I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? You're cute. You want to have sex? Oh, you live down the street from the club. Let's go fuck at your house. Like that's just how it was. You're just taking extreme risks and all in the name of fun. Yes. And I could have caught something. Luckily I never caught anything. I just, (laughs) I could have, you know, I just never thought of it. Like my mind was just on, like, I need to get this feeling out. Like, did you feel invincible? Yes. I just felt like Supergirl. And I guess that's why I'm so obsessed with Wonder Woman (laughs) with like being a Supergirl, a Superwoman. (laughs) So you get out of the mental hospital and then what happens? So I'm just like this for a couple of years. I'm I'm up and down, up and down, up and down for a couple of years. I try to stay out of the mental hospitals. Um, when I go through my depressed phases, I just try to keep it away from my parent. And it's not until I get married again, um, married, married for the first time that I, I meet someone. And in a relationship, for some reason, I, I stay faithful in my relationship. I just, uh, I kind of take all my sex out on that one person. So I wear that person out to the bone. And <laughs> so that person is just like, you, you're like a dude in the relationship because you, you just like wear me out to the bone. Like I just, I am the dominant one in the relationship. Pretty much wear that wiener out. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I end up having my child and that's when I have a very bad postpartum syndrome, super depressed. And I want to kill myself. I just don't want to be a mother. I don't want to mother my child. I don't want to be a part of being a parent. I, I, I can't deal with it. I can't, I can't, I can't. I, I just can't do it. It's a huge life change. It's like an extreme change in your life, new responsibilities, like everything's different. I totally understand that. I freak out. I go to the doctor and I tell her like, this is, this has been my lifestyle. Um, this has been the things I've been going through. And my doctor starts talking to me about my past and we start evaluating my past and we start going through medications I've been through. And through, through all of this, I've been diagnosed with depression. So the doctor knows this. I've been diagnosed with depression. So I've been given all this medication for depression. And through all this depression medication, none of it really helped because I still had all these cases through all this time, you know, through the depression medication, I still had all these issues. Like I went to Houston. I went with a couple friends and to get into this one bar. And I was like 19 at the time. The bouncer at the club would not let us in. He thought it was cute. So we have sex in the in the closet to get me and my friends into the club. Then we leave the club with Bouncer. We go to his house with his friends. 
And this is me in like my manic mode. So it's like, I'm not depressed. They give me medication for depression. So the depression medication doesn't work. And me and my friends like steal a bag of weed from their house. So, you know, the, the depression medicine is not working. It's not working. At this point, you, you don't know that you're bipolar yet when you steal this bag of weed. You're just experiencing periods of like high energy, kind of like a loss of touch with reality because you think you're invincible and like everything's good and great. Then you're going through waves of like low energy and like low motivation, a loss of interest in things that you yeah. enjoy. The depression medicine made me feel even more invincible. That's a story of what happened when the depression medicine kicked in. I just ended up doing worse crazier things the self-sabotaging behaviors of like crazy sex and like you know piercing tattoos so when you're talking to your doctor about all this and your past and stuff did they was that the point at which you were like oh like I have bipolar disorder yeah she tells me she goes you know what you're not depressed you don't have generalized anxiety disorder because that was the other thing that she thought I had. She goes, I think you have bipolar two. You don't have the more extreme bipolar one where bipolar one, they say sometimes you leave the country, you leave for days and months and you don't remember things that you do. And bipolar two, you you just have like, it's a more mild form of bipolar. Okay. It's a moderate version of bipolar one. So I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) I don't believe her. So I start seeing therapists and I get like two or three therapists down because I don't believe the first therapist. Uh, I go see a second therapist. I don't believe the second therapist. And I finally see a third therapist. And by the third therapist, they tell me I have bipolar two. And I still don't want to believe them. I don't want to take the medications they give me. And it's not until I, I purchase a PlayStation 3, an Xbox 360, and a rock band um, video game set without realization of it <laughs> that I'm like, maybe I am bipolar because you purchase big, you make big purchases and you don't really re- have recollection of it. You don't really think about your purchases that you make until you notice that you're bipolar you know when you're in your manic periods would you not sleep as well I don't really get good sleep it would like maybe be three four hours of sleep because I've heard sometimes people with bipolar can go like three days without sleeping at times Mm -hmm. it's like you get some sleep two to three hours of sleep a night sometimes you don't really get good sleep wow so you finally believe the third therapist you're like okay maybe like you buy like playstation 3 an xbox 360 and a rock band video game set and my husband could not get mad at me at that time he was just like he was mad because i spent that much money but he was not mad because it was like all guy stuff (laughs) (laughs) So what kinds of medication did they put you on initially? Oh, my God. So I have been on Effexor, Depakote, Seroquel. I have been on um, I have been on Lamictal. I have been on Lithium. I have been on I could go down the list of so many different medications that I've been on. So far, the medication that I am on now is Wellbutrin, Vralar. Um, trazodone right now. Okay, is Wellbutrin just a sidebar? I was on Wellbutrin for depression. My doctor told me 
because I was smoking a lot at the time. She was like, yeah, one of the weird side effects of Wellbutrin is it makes people smoke less. They were giving it to a bunch of like U.S. veterans to deal with their like, you know, PTSD and depression. And they're like, yeah, one weird thing we noticed is they all just stopped smoking tobacco without even thinking about it makes your mouth feel weird did you experience do you experience that um I don't really smoke that much to begin with so I um I I vape so I really don't really notice the difference but I have been put on Wellbutrin for the depression I've been put on um the um, trazodone for the uh, antipsychotic medication and then the Vralar for the bipolar. I'm on a cocktail of medications. What have you found like works the best and I mean, with my like antidepressant history, I've noticed things will work for like a month and then they stop working and I'm like, I don't need it anymore. So far, the medication I've been on right now, I've been on it for about a year. I was a guinea pig of medications for so long. I got, I hated being on, being on um, Depakote and Seroquel because it made me blow up like a balloon <laughs> and I gained like 60 pounds. Holy shit. Okay. And a lot of times uh, what makes uh, bipolar people really upset is a lot of bipolar medications. It makes you gain weight. And that's what makes you more depressed, even though it helps your brain and helps you, helps you um, mentally. So that medication helped me mentally, but it made me so depressed. And so I told my doctor, I was like, I I like this medication, but it's, uh, but I'm depressed. So like, how well is it actually working if I'm also depressed. So my doctor switched my medication and put me on a medication that would not have that side effect. Um, the Wellbutrin made me lose the weight, but it actually helped me mentally (laughs) again. So, so I'm at least back at my normal body weight and I'm actually feeling better mentally. But the only thing that I don't like is I'm on um, my Trazodone and I like it because it helps me mentally but it, but I have very bad short-term memory. So I have to like write down things a lot. I have to write down notes for everything. So uh, being a teacher, it like really hurts me because I have to write down everything on a notepad or I'm going to forget and I'll just be forgetful in my classroom. I'll be forgetful for my real lifetime. I have to like write, I have to keep a post-it note with me uh, almost at all times because I, I forget so many things. That's an interesting thing you bring up is like, the medication that is supposed to help like one problem for you in fact creates new problems for you. I have a friend whose brother just found out um, a few years ago he's bipolar and his medication solution is he's on bipolar meds um, like the antipsychotic and mood stabilizer Mm -hmm. but he's also on anti-seizure meds because the bipolar meds actually cause seizures and he's never had history of seizures in his life. It's a bummer, basically, that like to solve one problem, you have like a new problem created. The gaining weight or like the short term memory like changes your cognition function. Yeah, that's really interesting. So it sounds like proper diagnosis and some treatment of this dramatic mood swing disorder, which is bipolar, helped your life and made you feel more stable. It has. I just remember the only time I had a very bad um, depressive state during this medication um, switch, the weather affects my bipolar. Moving up here, I had a very bad depressive state. And uh, that was a very big change. So I had to change my medication during the big snowstorm that we had um, about a year or two ago. What was it? The snowpocalypse that we had? 
and um, we were snowed in for about six days and I drank a liter and a half of wine. I was very depressed and my medication was not hitting me. And I decided that I was going to slit my wrists open and my uh, boyfriend at the time caught me. And so I ended up in the hospital and something in my brain told me to do it just because I just, um, I went from manic straight to straight to depressed because it's like the way bipolar is, it's like a roller coaster, just you just change like that. It could be a, it could be a weekly thing, a, mo- a monthly thing, or it could be hourly. Your your mood just changes like that. For you, does it vary? Like, is it sometimes hourly, and sometimes you can have a period last for weeks at a time? Like, what what's your personal experience with that? Um, it depends. Like me, it's like a, sometimes like a weekly thing. It could be a daily thing. It depends on the environment, and sometimes it depends on trigger. Something just triggers me all out of out of the blue. What are some of your triggers? Have you have you been able to like better identify them like as years go on with this? Yes, uh, being surprised uh, triggers me. So, like a, a quick surprise, like somebody can tell me I need to talk to you about something, okay. and that's a trigger. I don't I don't know why. That's just a, tr- a trigger. It triggers me badly. I just freak out if somebody tells me they need to talk to me about something. Oh, that's stresses I just, me like, out too. Out. Yeah, I'm like, um, don't tell. Just tell me, like. <laughs> It's like when someone's like, I have a secret to tell you. It's like, bitch, just tell me the secret. Like right now. Why are you? Yeah. And that triggers my brain badly. It just, it just like all of a sudden, like, I just, I just trigger, like just freak out all of a sudden. And my, and that just like will drop me. What are your other triggers? Your other negative triggers? My parents just ever since, because of my, since I was like 17, because of the way they, they react to my bipolar. They don't believe in it. So it's just like the way they, the way their reactions are to me, that's a big trigger. Recently, it's my son, the way his behavior is being, it's a trigger. He's going, he's a teenage, he's turning into a teenager. It's a, it's a huge trigger to my behavior. Those are the the three main triggers. uh, (laughs) Do you have any like positive triggers where something happens and it kind of like puts you in like a manic state? I get certain obsessions with something like um, if I get obsessed with a certain show and it and it has like a happy ending, become obsessed with like looking into Mm -hmm. it some more. If I find a like a recipe I like or something that I like, then all of a sudden I become obsessed with it. And then I decide, oh, all of a sudden I decide I want to be a baker. And I'm going to like buy a cookbook all of a sudden, and I'm going to become the best baker in the world. And then that puts me into a manic mode. But those are like kind of could be bad triggers because then all of a sudden I'm just in my manic mode and then I want to be a baker all of a sudden. And that's not really like the best <laughs> mode to be in because it's like, no, no, uh, no event. You can't be a baker. <laughs> you can't be the best baker in the world and you can't bake, bake 200 cookies for. <laughs> for everyone. (laughs) How do you identify when you are in a certain, do you, can you stop and go, wait, I'm feeling like really depressed or, oh, I'm feeling really manic right now. Or is it more like you start doing something and you notice like, wait, this is. I started noticing it like 
like just recently, I just became obsessed with this one anime and I just spent $100 on manga books just because of it. And I just realized, oh my God, I just went into a manic mode. <laughs> and like, oh my God, I just can't believe I just did that. But I had already done it. I had to talk to myself and realize like the next time this happens, I need to not do that. And I had to talk to my boyfriend and tell him, hey, I just did this. I just became obsessed with this one anime. It didn't have a second season. So I bought $100 worth of them. <laughs> manga just so I could figure out how it would end so the next time this happens can you please tell me not to do that so I have to like be open and with my communication with someone I always have to have a go-to person and I have a really good boyfriend that understands my situation I have to just kind of talk to him which sometimes it's a little bit too late yeah. to talk to him about it I have to try my best to be proactive when it comes to situations like that. That leads me into my next question. Like, how do you communicate about, you know, this thing in your life with romantic partners? Like when you met your current boyfriend, were you like, hey, by the way, like I experience these things. I kind of, I, I need you to be like a part of it in that I need to be able to share these things with you. Can you hold me accountable? So with him, he's been the first boyfriend ever. The ex-boyfriend that I had prior to him was a very abusive boyfriend. They used it against oh. me. And this boyfriend that I have currently actually decided that he was going to research bipolar and he bought books on it. And he actually talked to people that were bipolar. So he actually researched bipolar when he wanted to date me. That's like the kindest thing I've ever heard. He wanted to like better understand you. Yes. He really looked into bipolar to understand how to help you. Yes. And to understand how to talk to me. Because you don't want to like ask somebody, are you having a bipolar moment? You should never ask a bipolar person that, you know? You can ask them, um, how is your sleep going? How are you feeling? Do you need a moment? Things like that. But don't tell them, I think you need to calm down. I think you need to sit down for a moment. You know, you don't tell a bipolar person that, you know, you need a, there's ways to go about it. And so he's really good at talking to me and communicating with me when he thinks that my bipolar or my manic mode is going To like an unproductive place. Yes. He's really good at communicating with me about it. And a good way to talk to bipolar people is you don't stand next, like stand in front of them and confront them. It's good to sit next to a bipolar person and talk to them. Oh, that's really good advice. Good to sit next to the person to talk to them rather than standing in front of the bipolar person and confronting them. Or like standing above them and like talking down to them. Yes. And so he's good at, he he sits next to me and talks to me. He's really good at communicating like that. Did he get that from a book or is that like a personal preference of yours? Like I'd prefer you to sit next to me. I wonder if he's got that from a book because it just like he just started doing that. I feel more comforted to where I can actually open up to him about things. Like there was this one time where I I, um, booked a cruise to Canada and I told him I had the money for it, which I didn't. I just kind of booked the cruise. And then like when I realized I didn't have the money, I had to cancel the cruise. (laughs) And then I was like, I'm sorry, I had to cancel the cruise. I didn't have the money after all. That was just like a manic splurge yeah. right there. And he, and he knew it and he understood it. But he just was just like, well, then we'll, we'll save money next time for it. <laughs> Things that he understands. That's really sweet to have a partner who, like, if he can't personally understand it because he doesn't personally experience it, but he like 
looked into it because that's the best way to love someone, right? Is to figure out like how to best communicate with them, how to understand, you know, like what their mind is like. I think that's really healthy. (laughs) Do you think that your manic periods make you more creative? Like, I think that bipolar gets a bad rep because people are like, oh, it's just really hard. But do you think that there are like good things about it? You know, that maybe you're more creative or you're more like you're thinking outside of the box as opposed to regular people? Yes, I do. I like, I love my manic mode. I just, I feel like it's another personality of mine that I would not get rid of. I just always feel more creative with it. I've, I get more ideas out of my manic mode. There's times when I like wish I can stop taking my medication to where I can become more creative. Lately, I've been getting more depressed because I can't get into my manic mode as much because of my medication. When I get into my manic mode, I like immediately pull out a pen and a, and a, and a tablet and, or my paintbrushes and my, and my paint sets immediately when I feel like I'm in my manic mode because I'm like, oh, I'm about to get creative. I know I'm about to do this. I, I just know that I'm going to get into that mode because it's just, it's just the best feeling in the world. A lot of people that are bipolar, they, they get off of their medications because they know that that manic mode feels amazing. It's one of the best feelings in the world. And that's what we don't want to get rid of. It's a dangerous mode because it's just um, a lot of times being in a manic mode, we're more self-centered and that's what's the dangerous part of it. That's just how it's built kind of. Is it kind of like you're at the top of a roller coaster, like just like going up, 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 up and before you, you know, come back down? You know, once once you're in that manic mode and you hit it, it it's like we know that it's going to hit rock bottom immediately at some point. And it's and it's sad that that's going to happen. Can you tell us some stories about how bipolar has affected your life, things that you've done and how you've dealt with it? Well, manic really affected my life once um, very badly, where I ended up in jail. What happened is manic is a it's a mood disorder. It's it affects your moods and it affects your it, it affects your brain. It affects anything that that you put into your body as well. And so I had some birth control that I was on. And so I um, decided that I was going to go out and drink. I went to a bar and I had like four drinks. You're on alcohol, birth control, and your bipolar meds at this point? Yes, I'm on, I'm on all of this. And I did not realize that birth control and being bipolar or having, you know, can have an effect on me. And because I, I drink all the time, I'm even though I'm on my bipolar meds, I should not be drinking, but I still drink. But adding birth control into it is it's a crazy it's a bad cocktail is a no-no it's a bad cocktail so I have these four drinks and usually I can have four drinks and there's no issue so was this a new birth control that you were on it was a new birth control it was the nuva ring okay it's a hormonal ring and so I'm on a new birth control I so I go to this bar I enjoy four drinks and I go to the bartender manager to ask him a question he has a girlfriend with him at the time and the girlfriend gets mad because I asked him a question and I'm like who do you think you are like why are you gonna get mad at me so like me and her start getting into a spat because what is this so I start getting upset because she's getting upset at me and so we're about to get into a bar fight (laughs) and so it's like my 
like my manic getting like I'm, I'm about to get into a fight that I'm on this birth control. I would never have gotten into a fight with anybody, but I'm in a different mindset. For some reason, I would have never thought to get in a fight with anybody, but with these four drinks, like I'm in a different mindset. Like, I don't even know why I would have thought to have gone in yeah. a fight with anyone. Well, that's, I was going to say, that's like yeah. a weird um, side effect that I've read about the mania is that like you're quick tempered because you're doing so much. Yes. Your mind feels like a highway. It's general chaos. And usually it's good, but sometimes it sounds like with your story, sometimes like one trigger and, and you're like ready to fight. Yep. I was ready to fight. I, and my friends had to pull me away. And so I was just like, I don't even know why I was ready to fight her. Like, I was just, I was just like, who's, who's this bitch? Who, do, who the hell does she think she is? Fuck this like, bitch. I'm just asking a bartender a question. I was about to fight. So they pulled me away from her and I'm like. Was her boyfriend cute? Were you also like, I'll fuck your boyfriend? Like you bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so um, they pull me away and I'm about to like turn around to like walk back to her. And as I turn around, there's a bar stool in the way and I trip on the bar stool and I fall back and I gash my head against the wall. I fall and I faint. And so they take me outside and, and on the sidewalk now and I wake up. What the hell is this? So there's paramedics around me. The paramedics are trying to talk to me. And then they're like, are you okay? What happened? And I'm like, I don't know what happened. I'm just outside now. And they're like, well, you're, you're bleeding from your head. We need to take you into the hospital. We need to take you down the ambulance. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to take an ambulance. I'm fine. Just let me drive home. And they're like, well, ma'am, you sound, you sound inebriated. And I'm like, I'm fine. I just had four drinks. Like, let me go. They're like, well, you had a, you have a head injury. You know, we can't let you go. And I'm like, no, I could, I could drive home. Let, let me just, you know, just let me go. I'm arguing back and forth with the paramedic and a police officer comes by at that time. And the guy grabs me and he tries, the paramedic tries to grab me. And as he grabs me, I freak out and I kick and I kick the police officer. The police officer grabs me and arrests me. So I start fighting with the police officer. So, so of course, the police officer gets me for resisting arrest. Oh my God. So I end up in, in jail for resisting arrest, all because of like this, whatever birth control that I have, just a whole freak out. I'm freaking out. I'm having an anxiety attack already. So luckily, they have me on police cameras and everything that I'm having an anxiety attack. My therapist writes this whole letter, you know, that I'm on birth control that like it didn't deal well with my with the drinking it didn't deal well with my bipolar so I got away with it you know the the you know with no charges so you were in jail just for the night or how long just for the night but I just acted like a crazy person the whole time I was in jail they put me in a personal cell so I didn't have to sit in the cell with everybody else I was singing the little mermaid at the loud at the top of my lungs so they could just put me in a personal cell by myself. Wow. So did this like situation affect the rest of your life or was this like a little one off? I lost my job. Is that because you could, didn't make it to work or what happened? I didn't make it to work and I lost my job as um, teaching in Texas. Because you went to jail. Is that like Texas state policy? Yep. Yep. Holy it was. Shit. So. It was, and and another reason I lost my job is because a parent was uh, a parent from my school was a witness <gasps> oh, to all no. of that. Uh, 
That's the worst part. I was just going to say that story probably wouldn't be as bad except this cop walked by and then also the student's parents saw you. Yeah. So did your mania period end in jail or like the next day? Like did that event bring you back down? Or were you still okay? It did. Yes, it brought me down. I was I was um stupid depressed in jail. It just brought me down. I was I um was just like I want to die. I want to kill myself. I was screaming. I was slamming my head against the wall while I was in jail. Like there was blood on the wall because of my head. <laughs> like I was just like going crazy in there. They put me in a personal cell because there was just like um they put you in those confinement yeah. cells. Yeah. for the ones that just can't be around other people so that was fine I didn't have to be in the in the cell where they put you in like in the movies where they put you in the cell yeah. with all the other people and with the one little toilet by itself so how did how did you get out of jail like they just let you go the next day I had to call my dad and tell him that I was in jail and my parents had to bail me out oh, shit. how much was bail for something like that 500 but they paid three thousand dollars for oh, the lawyer okay. so the whole thing cost you like five grand Yes. And you got you ultimately got yes. off because your therapist was able to write a letter saying what happened. Yes. Like the chemical reaction was bad. Yep. She was like, I wish I would have told you, but birth control does not go good with that. And so after that, I had to watch out with the birth control I was on. So what birth control can you take when you're on bipolar meds? The op- the IUD. Okay. It's a copper. So ring. like does the pill not work? With does that like adversely affect bipolar meds? Clearly, the NuvaRing does. It has to be anything non-hormonal, and so after that, I decided to get a tubal ligation, where they remove your tubes. Damn, that's one step more intense than getting your tubes tied. You just got them removed completely. <laughs> yes, I decided to just get them removed. God, that's badass. <laughs> Did that hurt? Like, how does that work? Tell tell the people <laughs> how to remove their tubes. What was this like? <laughs> So I went to my uh, to the doctor. I found out my insurance covered it 100%. I just wanted to get a hysterectomy, actually. I just was like, I don't want any more babies. What's because a hysterectomy? I'm bipolar. Hysterectomy is when they remove your whole uterus. Oh, they just take it all out. They just scrap it. Yes, that. they just take out everything. Okay. And, um, and uh, I just told her, I just want to get that. I don't want any more kids. I'm bipolar. You were like, sterilize me. I'm done. <laughs> yes. I was like, I don't want to have, you know, pass it on to anybody. Just sterilize me. And the doctor is like, no, you're too young. They always say that. They're always like, are you sure you're a woman? That's what you're supposed to do. And people are mm-hmm. like, no, fuck off. I don't want to have kids and you can't make me. So she said, you, we can do a tubal ligation. And I'm like, what is that? And she's like, well, it's, it's not like tying your tubes. It's where we remove your tubes completely. And I was like, well, I guess you can do that because cancer rub- runs in my family and that keeps your, your uterus away from your ovaries. So if you have any cancer in, in one of those regions, it keeps them separated from each other. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So I got the tubal ligation. So and what was the procedure? like? So they go in and they make an insertion in your belly button and in two insertions on the side of your, um, on the side of your stomach. And they go in with a camera and two little white, like wire-like things. And then they cut your tubes and then <laughs> move them. <laughs> so how long was the procedure and what was the healing process? 
Um, so the procedure itself was about maybe two, three hours. They knock you out. It's a, it's in, in, it's outpatient. It takes about two, three hours, and then you are out of the doctor's office. And then, like, were you fine the next day? I was fine. I was walking through Pike Market the next day. <laughs> that I salute you. That that's dope. Honestly, <laughs> the tubal ligation. I haven't really heard of that before. Yep, it's it's an awesome surgery to have. <laughs> so you mentioned that you you didn't want to have any more kids because you didn't want to pass it on. So like, let's talk about the hereditary aspect of bipolar. Mm-hmm. Like, like, does it run in your family? Did you know that it runs in your family before it personally affected you? Well, like I can see the symptoms in my father, but my father he has a post traumatic stress disorder from the military. But I can still see symptoms in my father anyways, even though he's never been diagnosed with bipolar, because I can see the purchases he makes and I can see like the depression in him and and I can see manic in him as well. He makes major purchases with his like money. He always has to have like the next cell phone. He buys like a big barbecue pit out of the blue. He purchased a camper out of the blue just, just because he wanted it. And so I'm like, you made a big purchase. No reason. There's little subtle hints they don't make that, sense. I, that I could tell that he has it. And then he has this, um, he goes through these depressive states and I'm like, you are bipolar father. You just don't say it. <laughs> you don't, you don't go to the doctor to get diagnosed for it. So does he not believe you when you've talked about it like have you brought it up to him pointed out some things like did you notice that you do this or I have and he does not believe me and does your mom think anything of it I've told her about it and she's doesn't believe in bipolar disorder she just thinks it's a phase I've tried to buy them books on it I've tried to get them to go to NAMI National Alliance on Mental Illness oh okay they don't try to get educated so they've never looked into like bipolar disorder or no. like how to understand you better like your boyfriend has no they have not you're close-minded and does Very your mom show any signs of being bipolar no she has depression and anxiety but she does not try to um try to look into bipolar that's one thing for me about like having depression like i've made jokes in the past about it would be nice to experience some mania because like for me i just not so much anymore but definitely like in adolescence and early adulthood i was like just very down all the time like nothing could pick me up and at best antidepressants would just kind of make me a flat line where like i wasn't I wasn't great, but I wasn't bad. I was just kind of neutral, which yes. then I reached a period where I was like, well, I would rather be like down than just blah, you know, like I want to feel something. And yeah, like feeling on top of the world sounds like it can be amazing. Like you said, it's like a great, like a creative period. And so have you noticed symptoms in your son? My son is actually, he's autistic. But um, I've noticed a lot of symptoms in him, especially with his behavior as he's getting older. I've noticed um, that he can possibly be bipolar. His behavior is pretty, pretty sporadic, always wanting to spend money on on his games. He's always wanting to um, he's expressing now his depression. So he's in therapy right now. He's always super hyper just one moment and then super just down the next moment So it's just, I want to just be proactive now and just get him the therapist that he needs. So like long-term, have you talked to him about it? Like, and what you, your personal struggles, you know what I mean? And like, 
things to look out for. And now, as of now, I have not. Um, I just talked to him more about what he what he's going through. So the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Let's go back to that for a second. So does they do they have support groups? Yes. And like other programs and information for families of people with bipolar disorder. Yes, they do. And it's for free. It's um, a lot of information support for families and for people with mental illnesses. That's good to know for anyone listening who might be struggling with any kind of mental illness or has a family member who's experiencing anything like what you're talking about because there there might be a lot of people out there that are like I don't know why I recklessly spend or like Mm -hmm. sex is a conquest but like then I go through periods where I'm completely uninterested because it's a tough one it's tough like your journey to discovery and diagnosis sounds like it was confusing because you're experiencing so many different things it was always confused on why I just wanted sex all the time and it honestly was a conquest I was just using men so what are your pieces of advice for someone who say is less like you now and more like you, you know, when you're 18 and 19 and you're just you're experiencing these highs and lows and you don't know why? Go find that help that you need. I would recommend going to find a therapist. Um, even if you don't feel like you need one, at least get that get that diagnosis. Um, look up NAMI, find the free resources. Also, look into getting medicated. Um, The earlier, the better, because it's going to help you. Um, Look into the med, and even if the first medication doesn't work, keep trying medications because there's going to end up being a medication that's going to help you at least try different different types of medications. So what if I'm someone who's like, I don't want medication. I don't want to rely on anything. Like I know you and I have talked in the past Mm -hmm. about, you know, not wanting to thinking you're fine without it. Like, what would you say to those people who are like, I don't need to be medicated, but they're, you know, going through what you have. Then try the holistic approach. Try to eat better. Try to sleep on a schedule. Um, You're going to really need a good sleep schedule. Watch with the people you hang out with going to see a therapist. You're going to have to at least see a therapist. Um, Take vitamins. Even if you don't want to take medication, at least take vitamins like vitamin D. Healthy body, healthy mind. Get some sun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think Mm -hmm. that I'm really glad to see that mental illness is being talked about more in, you know, the media, society at large. People are talking about it I think it's been spurred by COVID too like I think it was growing in popularity of like people opening Mm -hmm. up but especially since COVID has like exacerbated a lot of these issues for people it's becoming more commonplace and comfortable to you know talk about like the things that we're mentally going through because like it's really important it's a pillar of health right like you have your physical emotional your mental health is just as important as your physical health It sounds like for you, like environment is really important. So just keeping in mind, you know, like what kind of information you're consuming and who you're spending time with and how you're communicating with them about how you feel. It is. It's very important. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add about bipolar disorder or mental health? I don't, I always like to give the people some hope at the end, you know, like there's good things coming. Even if you have bipolar, it's just, it's not anything to hold you back. You know, there's always good things that come with it. 
that I've lasted this long with bipolar disorder and I still control my life. Even though um, I'm on medication, I'm, I'm still controlling my life. I control every aspect of it and you can too. Oh, that's beautiful. Thanks so much, Yvette, for being on. Thanks Thank for, you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you or anyone that you know is struggling with mental illness, you can go to NAMI, which is the National Alliance of Mental Illness, and they have a lot of free material that can help you or a friend. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with more Bitterfly. <laughs>